This is Letting It All Hang Out, the show where we bring together some badass people that make me want to get out, live life to the fullest, and hopefully inspire you to do the same. Today, I'm joined by Danielle Sunberg. Danielle is a former attorney who left the traditional definition of success behind to pursue a life created on her own terms. After winning a $6 billion trial, Danielle left law to pursue her true calling as a healer and coach. Danielle blends her deep intuition, energy, and healing superpowers with her strategic, practical mind to create a safe transformation space where those she guides may explore their own inner wisdom, step out of confusion, and step into their zone of genius. This conversation with Danielle was so enlightening, and she's got such a great way of explaining things that kind of seem complicated to the average Joe like me. Before we jump straight in, I want to take a hot second to acknowledge the sponsor of this episode, Naked Warrior Recovery, a Navy SEAL owned and operated CBD and recovery supplement company. A big reason why I'm a huge fan of Naked Warrior is that they know that the only way to perform at our highest potential is to allow our bodies and minds the opportunity to recover. So to get yourself a 20% discount on some high quality CBD products, super greens, and more, you can use the discount code Kalani20, that's K-A-L-A-N-I-20 on their website at nw-recovery.com. Back to the show. Hi, Haley. Danielle, hello. I like your Hawaiian vibes. Thank you. Yeah, I live in uh, Southwest Florida and um, oh. I, I just love these like Hawaiian vibe shirts, you know? Uh-huh. So Yeah, so totally. It gives you good yeah, my husband's there. from Tampa, so oh, uh, cool. it's not totally South South, but I get it. Yeah, nice. And where are you based out of again? We're in Austin. Austin. Got it. Very cool. Have you lived there like a long time or? Uh, two years. Two years. I'm originally from the Northeast. I'm like a Northeastern uh, at heart. But yeah, so we were here. We were here for the snow, which is why I had to reschedule because that was just so crazy. And as a Northeasterner, I was like, this is a nice spring day. (laughs) (laughs) I have been Boston or something, you know, but it's just Texas doesn't know what to do with it. So it was a little crazy. Yeah, that's wild. Yeah, I'm from the Pacific Northwest and have been here just under two years, but about two years as well. Um, And so having that that shift of just like the different weather, the different people, the different everything is so new, but I love it. And I'm sure that it sounds like you like where you're at as well. Good. That's great. Yeah. I mean, I'm happy here. I, people always are like, oh, you're going to stay. I'm like, I don't know. How can you say, how can you plan for life that way? We'll see. Right. Exactly. I feel the same way. All right, cool. I'm excited. I feel like we're going to connect pretty well on this <laughs> podcast. Yeah. Um, I was, as I was doing, you know, I read the bio that you sent me and I was looking at through your social media and your website and everything, doing some sleuthing. And I find that your story of going from an attorney to an energy worker and healer is so fascinating. Like to me, it seems like attorney is the exact opposite of what you would find. And I'm sure this is not the first time you've heard that. So like what was that transition like for you? And how did that transition even happen really? Like what called you to make that move? Yeah, it does seem like a pretty, pretty big 180, doesn't it? Because a lawyer on one hand is like kind of the, well, one of the um, epitomes of the rational mind, 
and using our logic and reason. And that's, that is what it was. Like when I was working at my firm, anything that wasn't rational oriented, not valued. And I think that's a lot of the way society is in general. That's the way we're kind of brought up and taught to be, right? And so when I left the law, it, it's interesting because it actually dovetails really nicely with a previous podcast that you did on intuition. And um, what happened was I had this, I had this depression and I would wake up every day to go to this law firm and hit the snooze button on my alarm, but it wasn't because I was tired. It was just, I didn't want to face the day. I didn't want to go into the office. It wasn't fulfilling. I didn't feel happy being there. I didn't feel happy doing the work. And, you know, I went to a therapist, I went to a doctor, all the things that we do, and it was pathologized. It's depression. Oh, you're depressed. Here, here's a prescription for an antidepressant. And for me, I looked at the script, I held it in my hand, and I, my intuition just spoke up and was like, nope, that's not the answer, right? And what I realized was that the depression was being pathologized as a problem. And that's a perspective. And it's not the truth of the capital T. And what it was, was my inner wisdom speaking to me, saying, you thought that you climbed this, you know, Mount Everest, to the top of your professional career and you have this great job at this law firm and you see the next step on on this on this climb is to the partner's office that corner office and even though that's like you know for a young associate that's eight ten years in the distance it's physically right across the hall i can see it and so looking at it every day just was like ugh, that's where i'm going and it just wasn't the next step for me and so my inner wisdom spoke up and I finally listened to it. Like that's what it was telling me was to leave. And so when I left, the question that I had was, what does make me happy? What does make me feel like I'm creating life on my own terms that I get to decide? Because the algorithm that we had been taught, that I've been taught that hard work plus achievement equals success, therefore you're happy. Nope, not true. <laughs> and so what is the algorithm that works? What are those definitions of success that really make you feel successful in your heart, in your soul, in your gut, you know? And those questions led me on this really beautiful adventure of leaving my apartment in DC, packed all my stuff was giving it away to friends. It was like, here, I have this lamp. It goes really well with the blender. Take the boat. And left and with the backpack, just traveled around the world for about a year and a half, just sort of floating around different countries and experiencing what life has to offer in different, you know, contexts and cultures. And um, what I found was a deep connection to energy. And when I was in Southeast Asia, what I noticed was that the energy of being human is not just a part of um, their religion, but it's a part of their culture. It's like just seamlessly integrated into life. And the way that we know that, you know, we have a mind and a body, they know that they have a mind, a body, and a spirit. And so when I tapped into that 
something awakened in me. Uh, and from that question that I've been asking, what does it mean to create life on my own terms? How do I make myself happy? There was something pointing to energy. Because anytime I looked at it, tapped into it, played with it, I was just so in the present moment, in flow state. And uh, so that kind of led me on this adventure towards, well, what does it mean to build a life around understanding a holistic human with an energy? And so that's when I started trading in Reiki and I started doing coaching, transformational coaching, because um, bringing the mind and the energy together to understand each other, create that communication channel between the head and the heart and the gut. So we're all talking is such a beautiful way to tap into your intuition, your inner wisdom, and let that be your GPS in life. So yeah, it's, it's a huge 180 because now I very much rely on intuition and, and things that you can't rationalize. And there's just a deep trust there to be able to uh, not need to circumnavigate that connection to go to the rational brain first and say, well, let me double check my intuition. Does this make sense? Because as soon as you ask that question, we're out of intuition again. Mm-hmm. And it's so funny how that, that, stuff works right like you were put in a position where you know it's strictly rationalized linear strategic left-brained and yet internally you kept feeling this thing that was pulling you you didn't quite know what direction but it was pulling you away from that and i find that when that happens like you were open to the idea and and you were open to the idea you know after a few things had happened to you that did not feel good, right? Like it took you to um, a space that wasn't pleasant or a state of, um, for lack of a better word, like suffering to make you sort of click that switch and go, okay, I need to make an actual change. And for people who are maybe in that beginning journey or in the middle of their journey where they feel that tug, but they haven't done anything yet. Like what's something that they can do to tap into it and make a action step towards the direction that does make them feel good before something like happens that just wrecks their plans in life or, or really puts them into a state that is like, I don't want to be here. (laughs) That's such a juicy question, Haley. I love that. And you know, like everyone's threshold for contrast is different. And so some people can feel that slight irk of, ooh, this doesn't feel good, and snap their fingers and be in touch with it and make a change. And some people need to have that intense contrast, like depression, and you know, even, I don't know, even more contrast than that, even losing, you know, maybe their whole life that they've built um, before they are ready. And sometimes people are never ready. And what I would say is that's also okay. Because exactly what happened for in my, my journey is what needed to happen. And the, the uh, history of my, my life and the experience of working at the firm and the depression that went along with it, I, I don't wish it any other way. So for people who are feeling, oh, I'm, I feel that tension and I don't know if I'm ready to make a change, 
okay, well then that's your answer. Like that's your intuition saying you're feeling tension. Notice that we're not ready to make any changes yet. And that's an answer too. And eventually you'll have another answer, right? I love that because I think so often when we hear maybe advice or just people talking about their own experiences, it sometimes feels like, okay, if you hear that intuition, you have to make a decision now. Like you have to do something about it. But I love that you put it into acknowledge it. You realize that it's there, but you're not ready yet. And that's okay too. And that is a answer. And I really love that. And, and to switch gears a little bit, what, one thing that was popping up in my head as you were speaking about your story and that transition is like, it's scary. And, and you were also mentioning for other people, sometimes it takes, you know, they're, they've built up this whole life for themselves, this whole identity, this whole um, just world essentially that they're living in. And by stepping out of that, it's almost like their world is crumbling, which is really, really scary. How do you deal with that fear or how um, have you dealt with it in your personal experience? Yeah, that feeling can be so ungrounding, right? And, and the, the secret truth and something that I think may not be so secret anymore after 2020 is that um, the grounding that we think we have in life is an illusion because it's not in our control. The pandemic can come in and, and the election and the Black Lives Matter. And there's just so many things that can come into our reality and our world and shift and change what our life looks like. And it's not up to us. And so when we think that we know the answer to something that uh, we need to make a decision about or we have a plan, we're like, okay, I want to, you know, uh, buy a house and have a kid and and move to this state and have this kind of job. That's all coming from a place of desire and the plan itself and what it looks like is up for grabs. All you can do is as much um, internal work to respond to what life offers you. And so that's when your intuition comes in because life is gonna offer you all these options and opportunities and it's up to you to say, well, if what I want is to get all the way over there and this opportunity comes in and it's not going to take me there, then maybe I don't take it. But maybe if it feels good to take it, take it because it could get you there. You just don't realize it yet. Mm. You know, there's a lot about our intuition that creates these quantum leaps in arriving where we actually want to go faster than if we followed a linear plan that we set out for ourselves. And so trusting our intuition and our inner wisdom uh, really allows us to tap into the innate guidance to get where we want to go. And that kind of allows us to put faith in ourselves as opposed to external circumstances. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. And our internal thoughts and feelings in this intuition, you know, my mind directly goes to energy. Uh, and gosh, I, I don't even know what kinds of questions I have about it. Let's, let's, let's break it down to enlighten me about what energy is. And let, let's just start there before I get too ahead of myself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we could talk about this forever, or I could talk about this forever. So um, 
everything is made up of energy, right? That's something that we know. Like if you wanna break it down to um, you know, our atomic particles, we all are made up of atoms. And, and so when we get down to the nuts and bolts of what we are, we are electrons and protons and neutrons and that's it, right? And so we are made up of the same stuff as a tree, as a chair, as our headphones. And so there's energy in everything. And so when we talk about energy, we're talking about this kind of non-physical, quasi-physical substance, this ethereal film of life that fills us up. It's what allows us to breathe. And it's, it's what allows us to, you know, we use our energy when we run or hike or um, we recover our energy when we sleep and we're always talking about energy. Oh, I don't have enough energy to go do that on Saturday night. Like, I'm just going to stay home and rest. So we're always talking about energy, but you, you're asking a great question because what is it that we're really talking about? When we talk about human energy, we're talking about this innate intelligence that creates our capacity for consciousness, for life, we're putting it all into, into motion. And so what is that innate intelligence? Well, if you look at a baby, before a baby develops the ability to think, that rational mind, no language yet, it's just a brand new baby, we can notice, and I notice this every day, I have a 13 month old. She has the capacity for resilience, she gets up when she falls down. She learns to crawl on her own. Like, I'm not actually teaching her how to crawl or how to walk. I'm not modeling crawling really for her. You know what I mean? Like, she's not saying, oh, okay, so I put one arm there and then I put one arm there. No, right? She, she's just going for it. She's just learning on her own. So babies are resilient. They're curious. We explore. We love before we know how to think. We love. We connect. We desire. So there's so much about what it is to be human before we even have the ability to think about it. And those are our human rights that no one can take away from us. And that's often what we forget when we develop our thinking mind because we can get so heady because we place so much value on thought and thinking mind and rationality and strategy and all of these amazing things that our minds do. And so when we're all always up here in our heads, we can experience our thoughts and they can make us anxious and fearful and, and unsure of ourselves and insecure. But underneath of that, there's always, always your resilience, your capacity to thrive, your love, your connection, your curiosity. And it's just, it's, that's what the stuff that makes up our intuition. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of a, esoteric long-winded explanation of energy <laughs> it's probably the the short version too like i mean like you said you could probably talk about this stuff for hours and hours and i know there's so much that we wouldn't be able to uncover um, one thing that you mentioned was like we put so much value on just the thinking the rationalizing of everything uh and we sort of you know for lack of a better word ignore the whole intuitive energy and we just place so much just it's like a prized possession if you can think and memorize stuff and you're smart and blah 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 
why do you think we do that and we try and suppress this internal energy that we have that we're all born with and and is in my opinion the more important one hmm. i'm curious why you find it more important and can i ask you a question back <laughs> yeah for sure yeah i think i find it more important because that's where it all starts whether even our rational thinking at least for me it doesn't necessarily start up here. If anything, it starts from either my gut or my heart or just this like visceral feeling. And then that creates some thoughts, whether they're going along with the feeling that I had or they're going the other direction. For me, I think I've always noticed, even ever since I was a kid, that it always starts internally and then let's say travels up to the head, so to speak. Mm, beautiful. Yeah. And, and I, I totally agree. And I feel the same process. And I would add that your ability to communicate that and know that about yourself and your self-awareness comes from your rational mind too. So they are really well complementary, but I totally understand that we, what you're asking me initially, that we place this emphasis on the rational mind and, and why do we suppress the intuitive and you know, I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't have the answer to that, but um, my perspective on it from what I understand about human evolution and where we're going is that we were coming into a place of awakening into our intuitive intuition in our intuitive, intuitive space and in our heart. And um, the way we look at it in Reiki and from the chakra system is that we are rising from a society that is very solar plexus oriented and a solar plexus is one of our chakras that's associated with our stomach and it's all about willpower and um being um stepping into the world and creating what you want and it's very action oriented it's creating externally your desire your internal desire and we see how that has has been for the last you know millennia and how much we've created and established industry. And um, then we've also seen how it's sort of become, you know, quote unquote toxic because it be can become manipulative and oppressive. And um, we want our way and it's only our way. And if you don't do it my way, then you are persecuted, right? And, and if we actually step back before that time in history, we could say that we were sacral oriented, which is the chakra below the solar plexus. And even before that, the root chakra, which is our base chakra. And it's all associated with grounding and stability. And you could say like when man was first um, evolved, that we were so tethered to the ground. We were so tethered to mother earth. She provided everything for us and we were at her complete mercy we had no you know shelter or buildings or way to store grain um we had no way to um navigate the earth uh changes we just were at her mercy at all times and then we developed agriculture and and started being able to uh, make our own crops and and save them and store them and that's when we moved into our, our sacral which is all about creativity and so that's when we got to devote some time away from just survival and towards play and pleasure because we had this ability to farm and then we moved up to where I, where I started which was our solar plexus and now we're moving up again into the next chakra which is our heart 
And so that's what we call the age of Aquarius. That's what we've all been singing about, <laughs> the age of Aquarius. And that's really talking about, you know, moving into a space where we live in our heart space. And so it seems like it, to create a linear story of it with the chakra system, that's what's evolving with humanity. Wow. I, that's so interesting to hear about. And, and to switch gears a little bit, you mentioned Reiki. And I know that's something that you're heavily involved in and have learned a lot about. And I'm so fascinated by. Um, I've done one Reiki session ever in my life. And it was from my friend's mom, who is also sort of just getting into it, maybe beginner or intermediate. I don't know how you guys label that. Um, but it was really, really interesting. And I loved it. And before I uh, share my experience, I'm curious to know more about like Reiki from your perspective, what you know about it and how it works essentially. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So Reiki is a Japanese word. It's a Japanese um, originating energy modality. So the word uh, Reiki is two parts. So the key in Reiki is energy. So it's like chi in Chinese or prana in Sanskrit. It's all the same. We're all talking about the same thing. And the ray in Reiki is just universal. So we're talking about universal energy. So what it is, is a modality that facilitates the movement of universal energy. And it's that simple. So the way it happens is the Reiki master is the facilitator of that energy and the recipient of it is where the energy is going. You're not getting my energy as the master. I'm not giving you my energy. What you're receiving from me is kind of like, um, like if I'm a lightning rod, like I'm attracting it and I'm moving it through to you. And what it helps do is create flow, balance, restoration in your energy, in your body, and so, you know, when we think about things like emotional trauma or, or pain or even physical pain, um, we're talking about a storage of memory in the body. So the same way that we have uh, storage of memory in the mind, which, well, that's memory, storage of experience in the mind is memory. We have storage of ex experience is a better way to say it in the body. And that can be uh, pain, yeah? And it can be heart problems. It can be el tennis elbow. It can be anything the way that it manifests. And so, you know, Western medicine deals with it at the physical level. And Reiki and other energy modalities deal with it at the energetic level. And so what I know about energy is that it's the first layer of being human. It's the foremost of who we are. Are. Like we talked about how that's who we are before we have a rational mind. And it's like when you walk into, uh, a, let's say pre-COVID, you walk into a party and you can sense the vibe. You're like, oh, I'm going to have fun. This is a great, this is a great vibe. Or like, oh, okay, I'm going to take a lap and then I'm probably going to go. <laughs> right. And, and what is that? Like, you don't know anything. You've not been a part of a conversation. So your body just has an intuition. It's reading energy. So the reason I say that is because our energetic body is um, the first to know what's going on with you. And then it bubbles up to the conscious mind. Mm. 
And so that, that's why I, I really like working with energy and Reiki is because it kind of gets uh, to the root of things uh, faster and more efficiently. Mm-hmm. That is so interesting. And I love the way that you explained it. And it makes so much sense to me um, that you know our body is essentially storing these experiences. Uh, and from my experience with you know, going and, and doing that Reiki session. Um, this will lead me into a question that I have for you, which I think will be kind of interesting is, you know, as she was doing it. So, so to give a little bit of backstory, I, it was like a little less than a week prior, my grandmother had passed away and didn't tell anybody about it. Um, and this, this, friend's mom like we weren't close or anything we've met before but we weren't like super close so when she was working on me she noticed in a part of my body uh i believe it was like i don't know down near like the lower half of my body she said i'm I'm getting like a motherly figure coming through and i didn't say anything until like after the whole session was through i just let her kind of talk through it but i thought that was so interesting. And obviously it made me very emotional at the time. It still kind of triggers that emotion for sure. Um, but I'm curious to know, like you, you mentioned that you're almost like that, that rod that conducts the lightning, like what is happening there? And if you can maybe shed some light on what could have possibly been happening from my experience too, like, what is all that? So (laughs) that's such a great question. I know it's Um, probably a hard one. (laughs) It's, it's not, no, it's actually not hard. It's actually very easy. Um, (laughs) And it's just that like everyone has their own story about the way that they interpret energy. And so some people feel it. Um, Some people receive it as uh, pictures. Some people hear voices. Some people just know things. Um, You know, you just are like, uh, I got to change that radio station. I'm not into this song. Give it a little twist, let it land and your favorite song comes on. So like a lot of things happen throughout the day that are intuitive and we don't even realize that we're doing it or we call it coincidence. And so what is happening with Reiki is we're just being attuned to the process of that experience, like turning the radio dial and what's coming through. So if what's coming through, let's say um, during your Reiki is you turn the dial and um, a song comes on. What's I can't even think of a song right now. Um, <laughs> yeah, like like Michael Jackson's song comes on. Okay, well the Reiki master could say, "Oh, um, a a musician's coming through. Like, who in your life is a musician?" And he could be like, "I don't know." Okay, so that's their interpretation of the energy that came through. That's a story the more objective, factual way to talk about it is, I turned the radio station and heard this song. What does that offer to you? And that song could either trigger the actual song means something to you. Maybe maybe Michael Jackson means something to you. Maybe it makes you think of a memory that you heard that song and that memory is what means something to you. So as a facilitator, I don't know what it is that's important about what I am experiencing with your energy. All I know is what I'm experiencing. And and so my job is to offer it to you with the least amount of interpretation through my own perspective as possible. 
So sometimes, you know, that, that can be very vague <laughs> because it's like, I don't, I don't want to um, guide you in my own ego's direction. I want you to have the ability to decide for yourself what that means. And so when this friend's mom said, oh, I see a motherly figure come through, I don't know. I don't know what her experience of that was. She might have literally seen someone that she says, oh, that to me signals a motherly figure. And that's why she said that. She might have heard words that were like came from a mom. I, you know, like, I don't know. But what happened was energy is being transferred between both of you. She's receiving it just as much as she's offering it. And she has an experience of it in her own way. And then she's telling you about it in the uh, plainest way that she can. That is so fascinating. I, I'm the, all, all of this stuff is so interesting to me. And I, um, I get so in my own brain about it because I'm like, I want to know more. I want to know more. How does it all work? And it, it makes sense when you explain it so simply like that. Um, and I think that for the I don't know if it's a majority of people. I would say it's a, from my experience, a lot of the people that I talk to, you know, cause I work in the entrepreneurial business space, this sort of conversation does not come up very often, but I love it. And so what's your experience or like, what's your take on people who either disregard it or just aren't that into it or um, like want to know more but are skeptical like they're open to the idea but they're more like the scientific like how I, I need to know what the dots are connecting to in order for me to like really get into it and allow myself to maybe even try reiki or try these different modalities of energy healing yeah it looked like i used to be that person i get it i'm a natural skeptic and even as I continue on my own path, there are things that come up for me that I'm like, oh, that's too wooey even for me. Like, I can't, <laughs> I can't even go there. So I, I totally get that. We all have our own boundaries. And so, you know, what I would say is look at the story that you're telling yourself about why you're willing to believe or not believe. And oftentimes that story, um, it, it's really important to us. And we're not willing to change our story. And so the story might be, well, if science hasn't proven it yet, then I'm not willing to believe it because I don't want to be a fool. What if science doesn't prove it and I'm just someone who believes in something that isn't true? That's like, what are those people? Those are, those are idiots. Like, those are crazy people. Those are heretics. Like, we give them their own story. Like, when we see a person who goes off the rails, like, oh, they're crazy. What is it that they believe in? that's leading them to in this crazy direction. And why would they do that, right? And so we can vilify that. And so just kind of taking a look at your own story and where it is that um, you're comfortable maybe giving a little bit of space to expand your story. So for example, um, you know, I used to say pretty much kind of what you were offering me in your question, like energy, is it real? Let's just say that energy isn't real. I don't believe any of this stuff because energy isn't real. I know what I see in front of my face. That's what's, well, that's what I can trust. So, okay, let's move to a little bit of a different story from that. Maybe I can expand it to, 
I know what I see is real. And maybe there's more room for things to be real too. That simple. That tiny amount, a tiny amount of extra space offers the universe room to surprise you and show you some new things. And that expands your perspective just a little bit. And then once you see that that's possible, okay, let's try it again. Let's expand our story just a little bit more. And then sometimes what happens is you get like slammed by a bus and you're like, whoa, I just had this crazy experience. And now my perspective is blasted open. And so that happens to people too. Yeah. Wow. That's so cool. Um, how, I mean, I love that you put it into perspective of like, it's very small changes, very even just changes in the way that you're the story that you're telling yourself, which I think is beautiful. Um, but it can also happen all at once just by circumstance, let's say. So it's really interesting how, how we can, it, it almost seems like I think everyone at some point in their life has an experience like that, whether it's detrimental or whether it's small. I would say most of the time, like you said, we were born into this world pure energy, just open to all these possibilities. And then we get a little bit more closed off as we go through life and we become, you know, adults and corporate world or whatever. And then at some point in the middle of that, or maybe near the end, we get back to that original state of you are open to these possibilities or you wholeheartedly are back in that state where just energy is abundant and you're fully connected with it. Is, does that come to a surprise uh, as a surprise to you? No, I mean, like when we talk about end of life and fear of death, there's a, so much research going on right now about, um, you know, even in doing psilocybin or magic mushrooms as they're more commonly called trials with people who have fatal illnesses or end of life to help them um, assuage fear of death. And what we've seen in the results of all of this research is that it not only accomplishes that, but it blasts them open to a place where they are in the seat of love. And when we do something like psilocybin or, or magic mushrooms. It's kind of like that experience, like I said, of being hit by a bus. Like that can be pretty um, impactful and sudden, as opposed to these small changes that we can make consciously throughout our life to get there. But a lot of times for people at the end of their life or when they're in a, with a fatal illness, all they're focused on is that end point of their life and, and, processing it and it can be very scary but once we realize whether through our own experience of creating little natural changes over time or having one of those hit by a bus experiences what we realize is that we are energy and energy cannot die it can only transform and transmute and that energy is you know we can get into this conversation but you talk about energy as love which a lot of people do. Um, I don't necessarily totally agree with that word, but energy as love is all we are. 
And so what is there to fear if we're not ever going to be anything other than that? Mm. Yeah, that's so interesting. It almost goes back to what you're talking about before, where some people may have to see it to believe it than to feel it. And with something like psychedelics or, or specifically magic mushroom psilocybin, um, that experience happens for them. They therefore see it and feel it and believe it. And then that shift happens when they're you know, back to their normal state, we'll say, where it sticks with them. And it's an experience that forever changes them, essentially, um, to be able to see that new world so to speak from their own lens yeah absolutely it's so powerful and if you haven't seen this movie actually it's called fantastic fungi it's fabulous fabulous and it talks all about the magic whether we're talking about the psychedelic magic or our normal magic of uh of just the mushroom kingdom oh that's cool i I definitely is it on netflix or I, i don't think so it's like one of those artsy films that you have to go on their website and, and probably rent it. <laughs> nice. I'll do it anyway. Um, yeah. What was it called again? Fantastic Fungi. Fantastic Fungi. I'm going to go watch that. Amazing. Yeah. Well, this has been an incredible conversation. We covered like a lot of topics and, and the closest conversation I've ever had to this one, which also got me very excited, was the intuition conversation, which you actually mentioned um, that podcast earlier. And so I love diving into these realms that get me fired up, but introducing them to other people who maybe don't really engulf themselves into these types of conversations. So thank you for that. And thank you for sharing all of your knowledge and wisdom about all of this. And as a final parting question, I always ask everybody at the end is for one person listening, what is something you would say to them? It can be advice. It can just be a quote, whatever you feel called to say. Mm-hmm. Well, first of all, I've so enjoyed this conversation too. And thank you for facilitating such a beautiful conversation. Um, so to answer your question, you know, what comes up is kind of um, on the coattails of what we've been talking about earlier, which is that um, wellness starts within us and we are always well and that there you are not broken and there's nothing to fix and that's just a story that marketers use to sell stuff (laughs) (laughs) right like if you buy these shoes or this makeup or do this exercise or get this job or marry this person then everything will be okay And that's not the algorithm. That's not it. And the truth is that everything is okay because you are you. And you don't have to be happy and you don't have to feel good and you're still okay. Mm, That's beautiful. Thank you for that. And where can people find you, Danielle? Where can they connect with you and possibly work with you and all of that good stuff? Absolutely. You can find me on my website, which is just my name, daniellesunberg.com. Um, and that's Sunberg, like an iceberg, but with a sun. So S-U-N-B-E-R-G. 
And then um, I have a Facebook group and Instagram, and they're both the same handle. It's your genius within, because we're talking about your genius within, your intuition, your inner wisdom. All of those will be linked to below. So definitely go check out Danielle, get connected with her, get into that Facebook group. I'm sure there's a lot of other awesome people in there um, who can facilitate even more great conversations with each other. So thank you again, Danielle. This has been awesome. I'm sure we will chat in the near future at some point. Absolutely. I hope so. Let's definitely stay connected. For sure. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Letting It All Hang Out. I sincerely hope that you enjoyed it and learned a thing or two. I definitely know that I did. And I'd love to hear thoughts and start a conversation with you. So feel free to send me a voice message right here on Anchor. Or you can message me on any of my social media platforms at Haley Kalani. Much love to you all. Until next time, stay well.